Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And you can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and on TikTok at hold up podcast. And you can join our Patreon for bonus ups and bonus stuff and all sorts of fun. Maybe we'll start a Discord channel like we've been talking about for a year. Who knows? Who knows what we're going to do? Right. Um, There are two tiers of that. So you can join whichever one floats your boat more. Um, but anyway, thank you. Carrie, what did we watch this week? This week we watched Because I Said So, which I think came out in like 2009. 2007. It was directed by Michael Lehman, written by Karen Lee Hopkins and Jesse Nelson. Jesse Nelson, who also wrote the movie Stepmom. So while we are going to absolutely disparage the writing of this movie, please know that at least one of these women is a decent writer. Carrie, I want you to guess the Rotten Tomato score. Higher or lower than Practical Magic? Lower. I think this is maybe our lowest. I cannot. Ever. Did you look it up? Did you look up the, the Rotten Tomato score? Um, I didn't refresh my memory, but I know that it's low. Um, what do you think it is? Give me a number. It's in like the single digits. I think it's like a six. No, it's a four. <laughs> Oh wow! Is I, I this may be the lowest? I, yeah, I can't imagine. I want to know the those four reviews, four percent of reviews that were positive. Um, something it, somewhere went terribly wrong, right? Because like you don't get this cast. Was it Diane Keaton singing something? I want to say just by happenstance, I watched First Wives Club on Friday night, and by happenstance, I mean. I wanted to and decided to, so I did. Which also stars, this movie stars Diane Keaton, Mandy Moore, Lorelai Gilmore, Coyote Ugly, uh, the one who doesn't have a law degree from Suits, and the Seventh Heaven no, no, no. pedophile. The one who the does, one who have does? A law, The one who does have a law no, degree. No, the like cuter one that's married to a pretty little liar has a law degree. This no, is the like he's the, like, confused. This, no, he plays the like schmarmy guy on Suits. Yeah. Who has a lot of, who is a lawyer, like a licensed attorney. Genuinely don't know why I'm arguing so hard. I've never watched an episode of Suits. You're just blowing my mind that, okay, whatever. He is the attorney. I think he's the hotter one, but he's not. But like, people would say he's not the hotter one. He's married to Jacinda Barrett, not Troy and Belisario. Whose father created NCIS. Thank you for the lifestyle to which I have become accustomed. Anyway. And that is a two-bedroom apartment in a <laughs> mid-tier neighborhood of Los Angeles. Allison, I will give you $100 if you can tell us where on this podcast we've seen Jacinda Barrett before. Hey, uh, bitch. Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason. Ben, when we write the fuck now. I'm not going to. You can't keep doing that. But I'm pretty sure if you listen back to our There's Something About Mary episode, you only know that because I told you. No, I don't. You didn't say that last week. I remember that because she was in love with Bridget and Bridget thought she was having an affair with Darcy. And then she actually is attracted. I have seen Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason more times than I'm happy with because it's not a good movie. I know exactly where I've seen Jacinda Barrett. It's before. a better movie than this one. That's true. That is true. Um, Yes. It also stars. We got sidetracked by um, I when believe you say his that real name is Gabriel Mock. Um. No, no. This movie starts Diane on Keaton. He was at Harry and Meghan's wedding. Um, nothing but lovely things to say about Meghan when asked about her. So, you know, 
I'm pro Gabriel Mock. Um, I found him very attractive. Tom Everett Scott. Did you say Tom Everett Scott? I didn't say Tom Everett Scott. In a role, um, I've never in my life not been attracted to Tom Everett Scott until this movie. And I don't like the way that makes me feel. No, also his hair was tr- atrocious. Um, that was a role that was begging for Josh Carlin. Yes. What was the name of the actor that played Lauren Graham's client who was on Veep? Tony Hale. Tony Hale. Yeah, yeah. who keeps threatening to kill himself. And she's like, I don't care, leave. <laughs> this movie really i wonder i wish this had been like one of those scripts you'd done in in grad school because i feel like this was written as a drama like as a dark like as a family like drama and then somewhere along the line somebody was like but what if we made it a rock you think that because the because you think it should be like the family stone because the picture used that is supposed to be Diane Keaton and Manny Moore that they keep referencing and being sad about and their relationship is the exact same picture that in the family stone is supposed to be Diane Keaton and Rachel McAdams and it took me so deeply out. I was like, can we not doctor a new picture? Does Diane Keaton not have another picture with the baby we can be using? This picture is now so iconic in my mind as the family stone picture that Sarah Jessica Parker, Parker thinks is her Sarah Jessica Parker also she's pregnant in... in that picture though. In this picture, she's like holding a baby. Well, oh, that's true. Anyway, it's same era. Yeah. It's not the same picture. So whatever. It's still took no, me no. Out. I'm pretty sure that it is the same picture. It's just been photoshopped differently in both cases. Interesting. Like for Family Stone, we photoshopped in a pregnant belly, and for this, we like photoshopped in a child. Family Stone with Sarah Jessica Parker and Diane Keaton. This movie with Diane Keaton and the pedophile pastor dad from Seventh Heaven, all, all three of whom are in a much better movie that we should one day do as this podcast because we do think it counts as a rom-com. First Watch Club. Yes. He's it was old. interesting to see Diane Keaton and Seventh Heaven pastor dad pedophile play love interest in this movie when he is in first wives club her ex-husband who has an affair with their therapist marcia gayhart correct um except like should we just jump in is there anything more preliminary that we need to say have we not been in (laughs) oh i guess the premise al what's the premise of this movie mandy moore is unlucky in love um as you know, all women in their early twenties in two thousand seven were, or mid twenties. Who knows how old she's supposed to be? Well, she's also you know wildly successful in her career, so she couldn't possibly like date at the same time. Yes, at one point, Diane Keaton tells her she has no life because she has a good her own business, a loft, uh, a good relationship with her sisters. I assume friends, although we never see them. But she has no life because she cannot nail down a man. She's too much of a piece of people pleaser. She's too much. She's a doormat. We are told. Um, so she can't find a good man. Only ones that treat her like shit and or are gay. Um, so her mother puts an out a personal ad, um, to find her a good man. And for some reason, no one will ever explain Tom Everett's a bunch of weirdos and Tom Everett Scott answer it. One of those weirdos I saw on a strike line the other day. So thank you so much for supporting, um, to that actor. Uh, but also Tom Everett Scott answers, um, which why, who cares? Um, but the restaurant, she's meeting these weirdos and Tom Everett's got in Gabriel Mocked, is that what his name is? Suits guy yeah. uh, is playing his little guitar at and he becomes, in, he talks to Dan Keaton. He's like, you're being crazy. This is a crazy way to set people up with your daughter and then steals Mandy Moore's business card so that he can pursue her, even though he's never seen her and has no idea who she is. 
they form a relationship. She's also dating Tom Everett Scott. Um, but Mandy Moore doesn't know that Tom Everett Scott met her via a person that her mother put out. Um, Lauren Graham is there being like the sister, the like reasonable sister, except that she keeps telling her client to kill himself. Um, or I guess that she doesn't care if he does kill himself. She's not like actively trying to get him. It's unimportant. Um, and Coyote Ugly is the other sister who has absolutely no point to be there. I think she's supposed to be comic relief. It's unsuccessful. Um, anyway, everyone finds out about each other. Diane Keen's like, Tom Everett Scott, I don't want to date you because you are more interested in dating my mother. You you like the person she pretends I am and not who I really am. And also I burnt souffles. I want to be with like the guitar player with a tattoo on his hand who has a kid and whose father is a pedophile. So fuck you. I'm going for that guy. But he's mad because she was dating the other guy at the same time. But don't worry, they work it out. No explanation for why he is there and sees them together. He went to our house. He went to go see her one night. Carrie, that is not the thing that's bumping you about this. That cannot be. That's like they were at a restaurant. They weren't at her house. No, he dropped her back off at her house. He was outside her loft. Okay, fine. Fine. I will accept that. The only part of this movie that makes sense. The rest of it, no sense. Nothing is explained. We don't know why anyone's doing anything they're doing. Also, they talk so openly with their mother about sex. Yes. Um, you want uncircumcised penises with their mother in a Nordstrom. So speaking of Hyperparabo, who you keep referring to as Coyote Ugly. I'm sorry, it's not pronounced Parabu? Parabo. Parabu. No idea. Coyote Ugly, continue. She has no purpose, but is the most interesting of the three sisters. And like when she does talk, I'm like, well, you're that's interesting. Tell me more. But then she doesn't. I think she speaks all of 10 words. Also, a wild choice. Okay, so there's like this thing about how the mom and the sisters all sing. They all love music and they sing. And like when they're together, they sing, which is so weird. But I understand that we're trying to like highlight. We wanted Mandy, Mandy Moore to sing. sing. But nobody so else can, can. we know that Piper Parabo can sing, and yet we keep giving the other solo lines to Lauren Graham, who, God love her, Flat as pancake. Also to Diane Keaton, who, like, this is now the second movie I watched this weekend where there are song numbers, where she gets upstaged by a much better singer. It was like, Mandy Moore was like, Bette Midler, step aside. It's my turn. Now, like, poor Diane Keaton. They keep giving <laughs> songs to, and she cannot sing a lick. Like, they literally, I this have gave her laryngitis believe, at one point. I have to believe that at this point... Piper Parabo got hired because we know she can sing. Do we? So, are, are you just really? I, this is news to me. I know you love the movie Coyote Ugly. I wasn't allowed to watch it. Hold. Is it her singing in Coyote Ugly? I'm pretty sure. I mean, not on, like not once Leanne Rhymes is there, but wait, is Leanne Rhymes in Coyote Ugly? Only at the end as herself. Wow, wild choice. Are we doing Coyote Ugly for the Patreon at some point? Because I have questions. Also, or this this main podcast. It's a rom-com, right? Oh, wait. It's it's it. Hold on. Hold, please. Oh. 
You think that you won't fall, but just wait until till the sun goes down. Okay, I love the song. She does sing for herself. All I'm saying is, whomst, whomst made the choice that we were going to have Lauren Graham sing over or instead of Piper Bravo. It's 2007. We're like peak, peak Gilmore Girls. Sure. I understand. She was like, she was the star. Also, it was Piper Parabu in Yellowstone because I just Googled, did Piper Par and it came up Piper Parabu. I'm glad she has work. Yeah. Um, she's in the Paramount Plus family. Uh-huh. Speaking of Coyote Ugly, it just occurred to me that like when and if we do that movie, we're going to need to do a deep dive on like what happened to the guy from that movie. I could not tell you who he is. I'm imagining him as exactly. the guy from uh, either. He is either the guy from that like Lucky Charmed movie starring Amy Adams we watched. That's not what it's called, but that's what it should be called. It's oh, like sure, Amy guy, Adams yeah, goes yeah. to Ireland, you know. <laughs> Lucky, it's not called Lucky Charm. What is that movie called? called? Lucky Charm. Leap year. Mm, not as good I much. thought you meant Luck of the Irish. I thought you were talking about <laughs> Ryan Merriman for Luck of the Irish. <laughs> or that mermaid movie. Or I'm imagining him as the male lead from uh, Magic Mike, who was accused of beating up Diana Agron. And so doesn't have a career. Alex Pepperton. Thank you. Mm. That's not right. Pfeiffer? Pfeiffer. Pepperton. I just like made him a Bridgerton character. <laughs> Uh, he can't be Gary. He's canceled. Sure. Um, speaking much of much like Stephen Collins, how <laughs> much like he's, no, no. His official name is the pedophile pastor dad from South Devon. Are you stealing um, that from the guy on TikTok? Am I? The guy on TikTok makes me laugh a lot. Maybe I'll link to his TikToks. They're very funny because he's rewatching Seventh Heaven, and I think he just calls him Pastor Dad. And I'm adding Ugh. pedophile to it, but he's also like <laughs> never leave him with kids. He's with kids way too much in this movie. I could talk for. 60 to 75 minutes about Stephen Collins and how he should not be left alone with children in this movie and that's all he does. Uh, uh, seriously, all he does and yet somehow he and Diane Keaton fall in love. Wild. Also, like, fresh off a First Wives Club viewing, I was like, he's gonna leave you for Marcia Gay Harden, your therapist. Also, there's so much to talk about with the Diane Keaton character, but all of her problems She's are solved. terrible mother. She's a terrible she didn't mother. Have children. She's a terrible mother. She's manipulative. She's toxic as fuck. But all of that gets solved without without a lick of therapy because she has an orgasm for the first time in her life. She suddenly is a better person. She finds a man and gets an orgasm. I did feel bad when she was like, what's an orgasm feel like to her youngest daughter? And then Manny Moore does a terrible job of explaining it. I was like, someone get Eugene Levy in here because he American Pie, he explained it great. I think. I don't know. We're watching it this summer. Doesn't he explain it's like a sneeze? What movie is it where someone explains an orgasm is like a sneeze? Um, I don't know, but there used to be a show on VH1 that was called like Girl Talk or like Girl Hour or something. And somebody was like, an orgasm feels like pizza taste. I'm like, they're not wrong, you know? Good pizza, though. I guess it might have been know. Nicole Byer, actually. So if that's Nicole Byer who said that, great joke. Anyway, um... Anywho, she tells her daughter she's never had an orgasm. And she's like, even from daddy? And I'm like, what? why? Don't ask for the questions. <laughs> she just told you no. And she's like, no, he was abusive towards me. And then they're like, huh, oh, the good old days. And we move on. 
this whole family is fucking abusive and it's like not it's like just played as a joke this My, like, mom third is note so is like they, these girls toxic. need to go to contact with their mother yes <laughs> like if this were happening in 2023 like mandy moore would have a tiktok account that was like how i like disconnected from my toxic mother and like no longer speak to her and like how i grieve that relationship like what the fuck is happening she is so manipulative she is so they're so like enmeshed and codependent and it's all played for like how sweet this is and like because carrie she can't understand a mother's love what's she just supposed to do watch them walk towards a cl- this is an actual monologue from Diane Keaton and they just supposed to watch you walk towards a cliff and jump off and not do anything uh bitch she's trying to date a hot guitarist not jump off a cliff fucking relax right well, obviously doesn't have commitment issues because he's raising a child on his own and letting his father I assume live with him despite the fact that his father is a pedophile I mean that's not if that were if Stephen Collins character were a pedophile in this movie I'm not sure that that would be a mark in his pro column. <laughs> his father co-raised the child with him, despite the fact that he is an admitted pedophile. <laughs> Again, really? not the character. Stephen Collins is an admitted pedophile. Right, not the character in this movie. Um, yeah, Stephen Collins, I, the dad from Seventh Heaven, because I don't expect anyone to know that man's name. What about like writing down all the moments where Diane Keaton is problematic and? It was too many too many too fast i couldn't i couldn't she was, is the mother who like when they say like oh i have this issue for my childhood she's like well, i guess i was just a terrible mother then and then makes starts crying and makes them apologize to her she has that energy true like there literally is a moment where they're where she's like like she like gaslights them and then she's like on my birthday at my special party like i was like i don't understand why and then the redeeming is just like literally she gets sticked down and then she's like just kidding you can do whatever you want with your life do whatever you want i had an orgasm i'm gonna do that forever although like here's the thing not to defend diane keaton in this movie because also i'd like to go on a long conversation about diane keaton's history with problematic men sure because this is her at least her second movie with stephen collins and i believe she still defends woody allen but anyway um, if you had lived 60 years without an orgasm, now granted, no one's really having an orgasm until their 20s, but if, so like her sexual years, 40 plus, no orgasms, and then you got an orgasm, I do think you'd be like, never mind, everything's fine. It's just, I never had satisfying sex for the first 60 years of my life. Like, I kind of buy it. So, <laughs> I don't know why no one just bought her a vibrator. Like, you don't need a man for that. Like, I don't know why no one just bought truly, her a vibrator. Truly. I mean, because probably all she doesn't have any friends because they all set boundaries, and when she couldn't manipulate them, the the the, the relationship ended. Why didn't she buy herself a vibrator? You can order it online. They come in discreet packaging. I'm told. Ultimately, what this is is like she doesn't want her daughter to end up alone like her, because it's a sad life. Because it's a sad life where, again, she owns her own business and, like, has a beautiful home and, like, three daughters who love her and a dog. Cooper. I, I mean, this movie, like, it should have been called, like, Everyone Needs Therapy and to Learn How to Set Boundaries. because But not from Lauren Graham, who plays a therapist in this movie, whose client is like, I'm going to jump out a window. And then she's like, go for it. 
And then Mandy Moore's like, go for it. And I was like, Mandy, Mandy Moore is like, I've heard my sister complain about you for years. And it's like, oh, so you're telling him to kill himself. Well, you're telling him that his therapist broke HIPAA laws. Yes. Everyone in this movie, first of which Stephen Collins should be in prison. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, this got to a point where I was like, I can't even watch Diane Keen's character anymore. Like, this is. I don't know. Sometimes she wore like a bow tie. And so it was like, oh, Diane Keen, you know? Yeah, but I think that that's what I was struggling with is I was like, you're Diane Keaton. I want to love you. I want to love this. Really, like you're cooking in a nice kitchen and you're you have a beautiful apartment with like a desk that looks out on a great view. I just would rather be watching Something's Gotta Give, you know? Yeah, it felt like, but also like they didn't show enough of her beautiful home. I was like, ugh. Somebody to get Nancy Myers set decorator in here. Truly who is busy designing something about her. The feminist sandwich shop from Katie and Ariana, the Vanderpump rules women. Sure. Um, but he could take some time off to fix this kitchen. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, this movie truly just made me want to watch something's got to give. Um, where she also has a fraught relationship with her daughter, but at least she's not toxic AF. I also like they're both a little bit toxic in that movie, you know? I don't really know. I only watched it during COVID. Um, Did we do Something's Gotta Give for this podcast? No. Did I ju- watch it during COVID? I think we when I had COVID, not like during COVID, like during lockdown, like when, like in the two week span, I couldn't leave my house because I had COVID. One year ago this week. Um, I'm also I watched sick it and I was thought of like my body was like, let's celebrate the anniversary. Um. Do you have COVID? I don't. No, I took a test. I do not. Um, no, I think like my body. I watched um Monster in Law. <laughs> Ooh, a classic. <laughs> because I was like, oh, I've never seen this movie. Talk about toxic people. Sure. And then I was like, well, now I'm on a roll. I gotta watch other rom-coms I've never seen. And so I watched some things that gotta get, but I don't really remember it because you know, the COVID in my brain. Right. Naturally. There's a great scene where Diane Keaton is trying to get Mandy Moore to dress like more East Coast conservative to impress Hummer Scott. I keep wanting to say John Krasinski, but that's a different Nancy Myers movie. Wow, but also like same font of man, you know? Very much so, yeah. Then I would trust inherently with my life and would be mean to me. And I'd be like, it's okay. I deserve it. <laughs> right. Truly. Um, what was I going to say? She keeps training to try to dress East Coast conservative. Oh, right. And so she's like... To impress Tom Everett's got She's like, you should wear your pleated skirt. And she's like, I hate a pleated skirt. And she's quite literally wearing a dress with a pleated skirt. I was like... flattering on everyone. It's beautiful. She looks great. She looks great. She looks... She looks insane when she later dresses East Coast conservative to impress his parents. She looks... Banana with a headband like she did like a little bit of like Blair Waldorf. Yeah, <laughs> it was like Blair Waldorf cosplay cosplay thank you i did keep thinking while i was watching this movie Mandy Moore is so beautiful she's so beautiful at one point i was literally like her skin is luminous glowing glowing here's here's the bottom like here's the thing the conclusion that i came to i do not mind the rom-com part of the movie that involved mandy moore and gabrielle mock they were probably yeah what did i call him Gabrielle, like he's a lady. 
you know, like, or French, uh, like you gave him. Uh, he's like, oh, he went to a royal wedding, so he's Gabrielle now. Right. Well, I mean, he's married to a Brit. Who knows? Anyway. Um, sure. Jacinda, you owe me $100. I'm not going to forget that. You really didn't think I would know. I really didn't. Anyway. Gary, I could be a rocket scientist, but my brain is filled with mush. There's nothing I don't know about garbage. Fair enough. Okay, so what the fuck was I just talking about? Oh, I don't mind the like, like the two of them together was cute. They were sweet and cute. They had chemistry. And, I, and they had chemistry and I I enjoy her very much. Um, I will never forgive Ryan Adams for the music he deprived us of. Um, That's I, a good Phoebe Bridgers albums out of it though. You know? Um, like where's her angsty why right. do you sing in a British accent album? Um, you know, that's my one. I, I liked the like, the storyline of like she's too much for people, but not him. You know, like kind of like if I'm too much, go find less. Um, I yeah, liked all she that. said that to Tom Everett Scott. She's like, you call me, you say I'm not making sense when I make perfect sense, and then later, Suits is like. Um, you talk in circles but make perfect sense like literally they're just like two different like they, we get a lot of scenes of why Tom Everett Scott is wrong for her when, which is mostly just that he's an actual asshole right and correct. Gabriel Mocked is right for her and it's just like one to one like one day he breaks she breaks something in his house because she's a klutz um, and he's like it's it was an heirloom and he's all he's like a dick about it and then like she breaks a plate at uh, Suits house and he's like NBD plates break all the time to be fair the plate play wasn't a family heirloom. Like Tom Everett Scott was like from like, IKEA. Salty about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, like I do such a dick Tom- about it, but like he, mm, I would make you like he feel your feelings, Tom. Right. Also, like, on uh, you know, in Gabriel Mock's home, like his son caused her to trip, which like broke the plate. So like, there were multiple things at play that were not playing the other one. But I understand the point. Tom Everett Scott is a dick and that's the takeaway we're supposed to have so anyway if this had just been a rom-com like about those three characters or like some version of those three characters with the sisters i would have been fine this the whole... one sister who had a point i, I no offense to piper Perry, but we didn't need her didn't right. need her she did not fine. um th- it was like this whole second day the whole story with the mom and how like crazy and manipulative the mom is. I was like, I don't need this. I don't like this. Make it go away. Speaking of Lionel, suits his son. Oh, I was like, who the fuck is Lionel? It's the child. Lionel. Suits his son slash the child we should not be leaving alone with Stephen Collins. Yet are constantly leaving alone with Stephen Collins. Um, they keep referring to him as quote having a unique rhythm. And I was like, is that what we're calling autism in 2007? <laughs> Truly, I was like, are you trying to say that this kid's Uh, neurodivergent? I know he, I know he's like too energetic. Like he either has ADHD or autism or some sort of combination. And they just keep being like, what are you going to do? And it's like, I I don't know, like maybe some services instead of letting him hang out with his pedophilic grandfather. (laughs) I had the the same thought. I was like, what diagnosis are we not saying? And like, why didn't we? like what it's like hey or just like hey his mom abandoned him because there's like one throwaway line about how about why yeah suits is a single father because like she flipped out and left which is like all right tell me more about that story and like is that why he has seemingly relatively mild behavioral issues like right 
Yeah, because like he doesn't sort of like he's weird. talk very much. Oh, and then when he does he talk, he jabbers really like, a lot, mm-hmm. but in like a cute. I actually thought I was like, this is the most authentically. I'm sorry, I'm about to compliment this movie. Kind of the most authentically I've ever seen a kid written in a rom. Because so often in rom coms, you get the like precocious kid who knows more than the grownups. Right. And I found it a little bit refreshing that he was just like, I'm trying to tell a bad joke for the third time, even though I've already told it twice. Everyone listened to me. And they're like, well, it's because he's unique. And I'm like, no, that's just how kids that age are. Kids that age are just like, pay attention to me while I tell this dumb joke you've right. already heard. Is that neurodivergent or is he just like six? What are you Googling? I was trying to see if this was based on a book because I feel like hold on Ken Jennings wrote a book that's called Because I Said So Wild That's no, Ken Jennings. The title of your book is What is Who is Ken Jennings? <laughs> the title of Ken Jennings' book should have been Who is Ken Jennings? And the fact that he didn't do that is devastating. Okay, I can't. I don't. Oh, wow. This is okay. I clicked on a book thinking, like, maybe this is what this movie was based on. Because I really feel like there's a lot of like romance book tropes happening in this movie or like attempts at them that didn't work. And so I was like, I wonder if this is based on a book and like something fell apart. Anyway, so I clicked on a book thinking like, let me read the summary. Um, And it says... Because I said so tickles and spanks you simultaneously. Celine says this book celebrates the advantage of Christian living over ordinary living and makes sure the line between the two is never blurred. The study is not only a humorous journey back in time, but a suitcase of support for the journey ahead. I'm sorry. This is a a book about Christianity that both tickles and spanks you or is it porn? No, no, I think it's no. It's a book about how to like live christianly and like raise your family christianly and like how what a big difference that'll make for being a mom seems like your journey better seems like stephen collins read that book anyway um it does not appear to have been based on a book as far as i can tell but there's just um there's a lot of like romance book tropes happening in here but there's just there's like a lot happening you know one point i have so many thoughts i have to go back to the middle sister at one point they're on a conference call well mandy moore is in tom everett scott's bathroom because she paused making out with him to go talk to her mother which like we don't have to get too deeply in this but like has your phone ever rang when you're in the middle of fooling around with someone you don't answer it you let that shit go to voicemail truly my biggest fear is that i will accidentally answer it rings and you're like i'll catch you later guys like so Mandy oh, Moore is like, excuse me, Tom Everett's got, uh, I have to go answer a so call. Weird. But it turns out yeah. to be a conference call with her mom and sisters. And then Piper Paraboo is like in the middle of, uh, I want to call it pre-gaming sex. What am I? Foreplay. <laughs> I mean, whatever you call it's fine. I'm calling it pre-gaming sex. She's like about to have sex with her husband. They're like hardcore making out while she's on the phone. It's like, 
either don't take the call or tell your husband to stop for it. Like, this is unnecessary. See, they, that was the, the moment where I was like, give me more of her. I'm more interested in that than anything else happening in this moment. She clearly has a very sexual and happy marriage. Couldn't be happier for her. I, don't answer the call from your mother. Um, because then later, Diane Keaton, at her wedding to Stephen Collins, they can't find her because she's having sex with him. And she answers the phone. Like, no one has told these women that you can decline and call back. Well, two things. First of all, these women have no boundaries. Not a single one of them knows how to properly assert boundaries with their family members. Second of all, sometimes you have to answer the call because your mom's watching your kids and you just want to make sure nothing's wrong. These people needed to have gone to therapy Uh, for many years. And then stopped speaking to each other. Maybe the sisters. I feel like the sisters could, but like the four days Mandy Moore doesn't talk to Diane Keaton, you needed more. That was crazy. Well, and then when she like answers her call because her mom is crying, I'm like, girl, she's like, she's once again manipulating you. Like, so fucked Girlfriend, up. She is manipulating this, you. That this is like rom com fair. It's just really weird. The tone is really off. I do think it was before we people were like, like this is just how mothers and daughters are. They have no boundaries. Yes. Now again, they speak to each other in a way. I feel like I have a good close relationship with my mother. I I don't feel like I call enough and I guilt myself for that. But anyway, I, I've never been like, I have to call my mom because I just got asked out on a date. At one point, Mandy Moore is like, I met a guy, I have a date. And Dan Keaton is like, amazing. I already know this because I've sneakily set him up with you. Um, and then Michael and then the phone call. Every step. It's Well, also like then the phone call ends and it's like, you just called her to say some guy asked you out? Yeah. They're- like that. I fundamentally don't understand that kind of relationship. At one point I was like, I'm pretty sure that the sequel to this movie is Grey Gardens. Like, that's where this relationship is headed. Uh, yeah. It's not it's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. Hard to watch. It's not good. I don't like uh, an unlikable Tom Everett Scott. Mm-mm. That's not for me. If somebody uh, wanted to put Mandy Moore and Gabrielle, why do I keep making him a woman? Gabriel again, a French. Um, suits. In was she on Suits? No, he was on Suits. What? No, no. Sorry, in my brain, my brain just broke for a moment. I think Piper Parabo was on Suits. Anyway, beside the point. If somebody wanted to do a rom-com with Mandy Moore and Gabriel Mock and, like, allow them to just be in, like, a normal run-of-the-mill rom-com together, I could get I could get on board with that. I'd watch it. This is kind of a normal run-of-the-mill rom-com. It's just poorly written. But like, you just want, like, two people meet. What would keep them, like, something keeps them apart other than her yeah. judge. Oh, also, like, Diane Keaton just, like, doesn't like him because he has tattoos and plays guitar. And she's like, that's untrustworthy. It's like, he's like, hey, he, bitch. He's the other guy's like, an architect who like wears suits. I don't trust that for shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, she just, she had a lot of weird, like, undealt with trauma. Tom Everett Scott is a handsome you know? man with a good job who, who answered a woman's personal ad for her daughter. I that that's who we're trusting because he's a serial killer for sure. 
yeah, there's some like uh Andrew Bateman. What's who's that character? Jason Bateman. That's an actor. I don't know what you're trying to get, so <laughs> the, the character in American Psycho. Um, uh, um Christian Bale. Patrick Bateman. Patrick Bateman. Christian Bale plays Patrick Bateman. Do I have anything else to say? It was... I mean, look. It was a Sunday afternoon. I was watching it in my bed, so I was horizontal. I had a Diet Coke as crisp cold as can be. I'm not mad at how I spent the afternoon. It wasn't a good movie. I'm never going to watch it again. In three to five days, I will have forgotten every plot detail. But it didn't make me mad. Uh, it made me mad. I was like, I can't <laughs> believe I'm watching this. This is this is awful. I took so many notes. So many. Oh, I have one final thought. So at the end of the movie, Diane Keaton marries the pedophile pastor dad from Seventh Heaven. Right. Effectively, meaning that Mandy Moore is now in a committed long-term relationship with her stepbrother. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like then this becomes Cruel Intentions. Slash Grey Gardens, yes. If Cruel Intentions and Grey Gardens had a love child, it would be this movie. Just like if they were on, if these people, if these fictional people had Wikipedia in her family, it would be like partner slash stepbrother suits. Correct. Correct, yes. Now, again, it's different when you become step-siblings as adults. As I think I've said on this podcast, I've gone to great lengths to figure out if Josh Brolin and Barbara Streisand's son, um, Jason Gould are friends and it doesn't appear they are because why would they be? They're stepbrothers who became stepbrothers in adulthood. So that's not, it's different than having been raised together, but it's still weird that she's in a long-term relationship with her. Sure. And if anyone has any information about the state of the relationship between Josh Brolin and Jason Gould, I would like to know it. Same. It haunts me. Honestly, honestly same. I just want them um, to be friends, you know? Like I just want them to be friends, but I don't think they are. I don't think they're like no. enemies. I just think they're like I don't know you, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I but think like, about they it a lot. Both seem close to Barbara Streisand, so I'm just like... I think about it constantly. I just want more information, you know? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. I do know, Carrie. <laughs> like, you know this that TikTok who the father of Minnie somebody... Kale's children is will keep me awake until I die. Except we know the answer to Minnie Kale. So this and who the father of January Jones's child is will keep me awake until I die. And what happened on the set of don't worry darling i cannot wait for like the tell-all book about like what actually went down on don't worry darling you know sounds like olivia wilde stopped directing a movie because she was getting dicked down pretty good just like i need to know anyway is florence Pugh and oppenheimer oppenheim yes i believe so so we watched the trailer last night because I was like, I don't know what this movie's about and I don't want to know going into it. I'm just going to go in blind. And then George was like, I mean, it's sort of history. And I was like, news to me, baby. And then they were like, it let's watch is, the trailer. It is, but like, I think because it's Christopher Nolan, like, I don't think, I don't think we're following history. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, yes, but also like, then I got so mansplained too. Ben was like, this, the ship sinks. And I was like, everyone shut up. No one knows what happened with the atom bomb. Okay. <laughs> like, that's not like Titanic like did it explode probably i don't care i want to go in blind you absolutely know what happened with the atom bomb i assume uh-uh. it went off based on the trailer but anyway we're watching the trailer and i thought i saw florence Pugh, but then i saw like 18 other very famous people 
both Correct. i feel like watching oppenheimer and barbie back to back is going to be like catch that famous person yes you're just going to be like beep 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 yes it's offensive that we've done like several not great movies in a row well maybe we got a good one coming down the pike we do hopefully starring zero pedophiles although it's hollywood so who knows (gasps) penelope allison what are we watching next next we are watching penelope which is i feel like a deeply underrated movie that i have watched eight thousand times because it used to be on netflix and it is i love it i've only seen it once but i remember being utterly charmed and delighted by it it's a fairy tale rom-com it's delightful about a girl with an, an ugly nose I don't remember who's in it besides Christina Ricci, though. Uh, Atonement. Come on, get me there. Ewan McGregor is wrong. Ewan McGregor is in Atonement, but that's not who you're thinking of. You're thinking of... No, the guy... James McAvoy, who's in Atonement. James McAvoy. Ewan McGregor is also in in Atonement, I believe. I've never never seen Atonement. Yes, Uh, you have. We saw it in theaters. No. I wasn't there. I've never seen it. I know she wears a d- green dress and that Saoirse Ronan is a liar in that movie. Ooh, the mom from Succession. Is in you know Penelope? Temple? Who the no, fuck is sorry, I'm back on atonement. Uh, Keely from, from Ted Lasso. Oh, I know that. I was asking who she was in, in Penelope. Reese Witherspoon is in Penelope? It's not Ewan McGregor. Common misconception. James McAvoy. No, no, stop. Stop. I know James McAvoy is lead. There's another character that's played by like another British guy who is maybe the bad guy. I can't remember. And in my head, it's Ewan McGregor, but it's not. It's Benedict Cumberbatch because, again, different man. Are you still talking about atonement? (laughs) Yes. Who's on first? If we have people who like watch the upcoming movie to prepare for our podcast, they're going to be like buzz, buzz, buzzing through atonement and then be mad at us. Listen, atonement is not a rom-com. Doesn't everybody die? Yeah. Suicide at the end. Okay. No, maybe. I can't remember. We will probably never do it on this podcast because it is a drama. Next week, we're watching Penelope, which I think was the first movie Reese Witherspoon ever produced. Don't quote me on that, but she is in it. Interesting. Great cast. Like, fantastic Ewan McGregor, Christina Ricci, probably just like a lot of British people. Yeah. I can't wait. I cannot. Great. I'm so glad because we watched three terrible movies in a row. We really Um, have. we'll have a patreon soon we promise we kind of lost one but we'll have a patreon out in june oh yeah we're doing ghosted speaking of chris evans yes we are doing ghosted so join us for our thoughts on that i am a chris evans apologist apologist he's never done anything wrong ever no i know i just mean like if this movie is bad i probably won't be able to acknowledge it okay oh sure you will bye bye